0: Father in heaven, we thank you for this time that we have to come and study your word. Lord, please bless us with your presence. Guide us as we study, as we read. May you lead our thoughts heavenward, is our earnest plea and prayer. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Welcome, friends, as we continue our study series in the wilderness wanderings. Today we are going to be talking about the time that the Israelites spent in the wilderness itself, where after they had disregarded um, the the advice of Joshua and Caleb to go in and to take Canaan because they believed that God would be with them, they decided and preferred to die in the wilderness, and so God gave them that that choice, that that decision that they desired so much, and so. They were now to go into the wilderness for 40 years, just going round and round and round. Now, not much is spoken or written about the Israelites in the wilderness for this 40 years that they just spent going round and round. But there are some things that are written. And let's start with our first text this evening in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. And the space in which we came from Kadesh Barnea until we were come over the brook Zered was thirty and eight years until all the generation of the men of war were wasted out from among the host as the Lord sware unto them. For indeed the hand of the Lord was against them to destroy them from among the host until they were consumed. It took about two years to get from Egypt to the border of Canaan. And then they spent the next 38 years just wandering around until those that were 20 years old and upward perished as the Lord said he would do. And God held true to his promise and gave them what they desired. However, during this time, the Lord did not forsake them. He still was with them and guiding them, providing for them and protecting them. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 7, For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness, these forty years. The Lord thy God hath been with thee, thou hast lacked nothing. You know, Deuteronomy was written just before the close of Moses' life. And it was towards really the end of their sojourning in the wilderness for forty years. And he writes there in Deuteronomy that they lacked nothing at all. The manna still rained down every day for them. God's presence was still with them. They had clear evidence that he was still there. In uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 19 to 20, the Bible says, Yet thou in thy manifold mercies forsookest them not in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night to show them light, and the way wherein they should go. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manner from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. Yea, forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing, their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. Do you see that? You see what Nehemiah wrote about their, their history? That the pillar of cloud was there during the day. The pillar of fire was there at night. It was a clear sign that, that God was still with them. Yes, they they were suffering the, the choices of what they had made. But yet God said, look, even though you, there is this punishment that I'm giving you, I'm still with you. He didn't take away the manna. He still gave water for them to drink. And even their clothes did not wear out with all the walking that they did. Their feet did not even swell. And so as a father watches over his children, God's watch care over the children of Israel was constant and never ceasing. So look, there was a dual purpose for the reason why the Israelites were just going round and round in the wilderness for 40 years. First, yes, it was the judgment on the Israelites from those rebellious spies and Israelites who were just murmuring against God. They had requested to die in the wilderness and they didn't want to take possession of the land of Canaan, so God gave them their request. God disciplined them in that sense. However, it was also discipline and training for the rising generation to prepare them to enter the promised land. You see, they were too young to understand fully the Lord for themselves, and so it was a time in the wilderness as they were going round and round with God with them, that they were to grow in faith and to trust Him implicitly. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 5, Moses writes, Thou shalt also consider in thine heart, that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God has chastened thee. God was chastening them. He was training them. He was putting them through the school of affliction to help them to grow. And what was the purpose behind it? We continue reading in Deuteronomy 8, verses 2 to 4. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness, to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. And so going round and round in the wilderness, what was The other reason, God wanted to test and prove them. He wanted to see whether they would live by every word of God, whether they would be willing to trust him implicitly in what he told them and how he guided them. He wanted to see whether they would keep his commandments or not. And you know, friends, we must all, to some extent, experience a wilderness experience it's important for us to understand how God guides us and how He's helping us in our daily lives and even in how He wants to shape our character. We all need to go through the furnace of affliction so that God can shape us into His character and burn away the parts that are not like Him. You know, maybe you feel like your life is on pause right now. Maybe you feel like you're not getting anywhere in your career or your life, has no definite aim or goal. You know, that was the life of Moses for 40 years after he fled from Egypt after killing some, someone, right? An Egyptian soldier. And he just was, for 40 years, just taking care of sheep. But truly, in those quiet moments, God was shaping his life. He was molding him into the leader that he needed to be in order to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He was training him, preparing him in these quiet moments. Yes, 40 years it took to train Moses. There was much to unlearn from the time that he had spent in Egypt, and God was shaping his character. And so look, we got to trust God in the process as well. The most important step in all of this is to ensure that we are walking in his way and doing his will every day that we allow him to work out his plans in our life. To build ourselves up also spiritually as well by spending more time in prayer and in the Word of God that if we are able to do that, if we're able to have this close connection with God, then we can have the assurance that truly God is guiding our lives even when everything seems to be on pause. We need to go through this this wilderness experience, friends, and yes, the Israelites were going through it now. They had come out from Egypt. They were on their way to Canaan, but when they got to the edge of Canaan, it showed that their characters were not ready yet. Their lives were not ready yet. They were not ready to inherit the blessing that God so desired to give them. And so for another 38 years, they'll just be wandering round and round in the wilderness. God was preparing them. He was shaping them. He was getting them ready. So we continue reading in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 10. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. You know, God, he would keep them and protect them and watch over them. But at the same time, he was also instructing them and training them as well. We read in Isaiah chapter 63, verse 9, In all their affliction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them, and he bare them, and carried them all the days of old. You know, yet all the time, while they're going through this experience, God, he's looking down upon them and caring for them with greater love and pity than a mother would over the children of her womb. You know, the only records of the Israelites in the wilderness are of their rebellion against the Lord. And even though there was divine judgment that would come from God, the Israelites always seem to be so slow in learning the lessons of trust in God and faith in Him. Here's an example of such an incident. So we read in Leviticus 24, verses 10 through 12. And the son of an Israelitish woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel. And this son of the Israelitish woman and a man of Israel strove together in the camp. And the Israelitish woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed. And they brought him unto Moses, and his mother's name was Shelomith, the daughter of Dibri of the tribe of Dan. And they put him in ward that the mind of the Lord might be showed them. And so we see that there was a son of a mixed marriage. The mom was an Israelite, but the father was an Egyptian. And he had a quarrel with another person who was an Israelite. And we don't know the exact reason of the fight. And we don't even know who was in the right and who was in the wrong. But the son of this woman who was an Israelite and the the husband or the father was an Egyptian, from this mixed marriage, he ended up cursing and taking God's name in vain and right away he was taken and they would discuss what should be done let's continue reading in leviticus 24 13 to 16 and the lord spake unto moses saying bring him bring forth him that hath cursed without the camp and let all that heard him lay their hands upon his head let all the congregation stone him and thou shalt speak unto the children of israel saying whosoever curseth his God shall bear his sin. And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. And all the congregation shall certainly stone him, as well the stranger as he that is born in the land. When he blasphemeth the name of the Lord, shall he be put to death. The sentence was that he should be stoned to death. And so we read, In Leviticus 24, 23, And Moses spake to the children of Israel, that they should bring forth him that hath cursed out of the camp, and stone him with stones. And the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, why does it seem like such a harsh judgment was given just simply because a person cursed? Well, you see, friends, God had actually given a law concerning this earlier on. We read in Exodus 21, verse 17, and he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. So the, the command has had been clear, and you know, this time it was cursing God, right? And so the method of what would happen to this person and how he would be put to death had not been discussed yet. But the law had already been given. And so ultimately, instruction was given from God at this time in Leviticus that we read that he should be stoned. But why was it so harsh? Why was it that he had to be put to death? Well, you see, God had already given the law. Just the execution of it had not been established yet, like the method of it. And had God not followed through with his work and his law and left this person unpunished, then others would have thought that it's okay to curse and not take God seriously with his word because even though he said um, if a person curses that they should die and I didn't die, well, I don't need to be afraid of any law that God wants me to obey, right? And so an evil influence would have pervaded the camp and even the offender would have been emboldened to go and do more wicked things against God and his law and the law of the Israelites. And you see, the mixed multitude—they were the ones that were, you know, part Jewish or part Israelite and from another nation. In this case, it was Egyptian. This group was the one that was always a continually saw, continual source of temptation and trouble to the camp of Israel. It was those that had come out of Egypt with the Israelites. They had claimed to renounce idolatry, but really, the reason why they had followed the Israelites is because Egypt had been destroyed. They were scared, and they just didn't want to stay back. And these were the ones that were always raising up strife and murmuring in the camp, complaining about every situation. They were always the ones that were getting into trouble. Now, there was another example of rebellion in the wilderness, and this time it was concerning the Sabbath. Let's read in Numbers 15, 32 to 34. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. And they put him in ward because it was not declared what should be done to him. So what's happening here? A man went out on the Sabbath and he began to gather sticks to make a fire, obviously. And this was shortly after they had Left, uh, departed from the border of Canaan where they had rejected Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb, and they had listened to the, the report of the 10 spies. And it was clear from our study about the manner that even food was not to be collected on the Sabbath. You know, when you go back to Exodus chapter 16, it's very clear. No manna even rained on the Sabbath day. And so this is how highly God regarded the Sabbath. He did not even want to tempt them to go out and collect food. So there just simply was no manna to be rained out on the Sabbath. And so what was the result though? What would happen? Numbers 15, 35 to 36. What would they do with this man that was caught collecting sticks on the Sabbath? And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones. And he died as the Lord commanded Moses. Once again, this man would be put to death. Another judgment, different circumstance. But, you know, this was important for the establishment of what? God's law. God wanted to see, are you willing to live by every word that I've given to you? Are you really willing to follow and obey all that I've said, all that I've written down? Do you really hold my word in high regard? And so this wilderness was that time of trying and testing to see if they would really obey God or not. You see, during the 40 years of wilderness, Um, where the Israelites were just wandering round and round. The, The miracle of the manna that was given, it was a miracle every week. Three miracles were performed every week in their presence. You see, the first miracle is food would rain down double on the Friday, the day before the Sabbath, so that they could collect enough for the Sabbath. The second miracle is if you kept the food from Friday to Sabbath, it didn't have any worms. All the other days of the week, if you kept the food from Sunday to Monday, Monday to Tuesday, Thursday to Friday, if you kept it overnight, it would breed worms. But on the day from Friday to Sabbath, it would not have any worms. They would collect double on Friday because it rained double as well for them to prepare for the Sabbath so they wouldn't have to go out and collect on the Sabbath day, you see. And the third miracle is food would rain down every day except the Sabbath. So the Israelites had before them a threefold miracle every single week for 40 years. It was a clear reminder to them about the Sabbath and how they should keep it. But yet this man decided to go out and collect sticks and go contrary to God's word and his command. Pardon me. You see, we read in Ezekiel chapter 20 and verse 15 and 16. Yet also I lifted up my hand unto them in the wilderness, that I would not bring them into the land which I had given them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. Why? Because they despised my judgments. They walked not in my statutes, but polluted my Sabbaths, for their heart went after their idols. Yes, Sabbath breaking is one of the many reasons why they were kept out of entering Canaan the first time and were forced to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, round and round and round. You know, friends, the Ten Commandments today are no less binding to us than it was back then. Two people, two people were put to death for its transgression. One took God's name in vain. He cursed. The other one went out gathering sticks on the Sabbath. He broke the Sabbath. And the punishment was quick and severe but the law of god would be upheld as god was the head of the nation and today it seems like you know no one is punished when someone curses or someone disregards and breaks the sabbath it does not mean that the sin is viewed in any less a degree and a smaller transgression than what it was back then it's not that god has changed you see friends the wages of sin is still death but In the Old Testament, the reason why punishment was visited so swiftly is because the presence of God was so clear. You see, there was a pillar of cloud there, and it became a pillar of fire at night. The presence of God was there. Manna was raining down every day. To remind them that God was the one that was providing for them. At Mount Sinai, they all saw the the, the mountain on fire and there was darkness, there was lightning. They themselves heard the voice of God speak to them. And all the miracles that were performed in front of their eyes, from from the quails to the, the water and all these things, they had no excuse. The evidence and the presence of God was so clear that they had no reason to doubt But today, it's not that there are no miracles, but God's presence isn't as clearly and visibly demonstrated like it was in the Old Testament. And so as a result, God bears longer with us because the evidence, not that it's not clear. If we read the Bible, we have enough evidence, just as much as the Israelites did to believe as well, but the visible evidence was not there. And Today, we're not a theocracy, we're just a church. And so, you know, was it a disadvantage to be living in the Old Testament times because they were killed so fast, God's judgments came upon them so fast? Of course not. Who has seen water come out of a rock just because it was hit once? Or who has heard God's voice, right? But even then, we have seen that God has been so patient with the children of Israel. He didn't destroy them immediately or pour his judgment on them as soon as they disobeyed. No. He bore along with them, with their complaining and their murmuring. He bore along with all their rebellion, but yet they got to a point where they would wear out God's patience. They got to a point where they crossed the point of no return. And so when this man went to collect out, collect food on the Sabbath, or collect sticks, pardon me, on the Sabbath, um, at the beginning, if If they had done that, God was just upset, but he didn't kill them. He was patient with them. He didn't pour his judgment upon them. But it was only as the law was repeatedly broken, only as it was continually transgressed, that God says, you've reached that point now, now I'm drawing a line in the sand. You have crossed it, you've gone beyond it, and there's nothing more I can do to help you. And it was clear that this man both of them, really, collecting sticks and cursing God, no matter how much extra time that God would have given them, they would have never changed. They would have never repented. And so, friends, I want to remind you that God's law, His Sabbath, is just as important to us today as it was for the Israelites back then. Look at this, Hebrews 4.9, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. His law is just as binding today as it was in the Old Testament. God has not changed. He does not change. And you know, friends, at the end of time, God's people are identified as those that uphold His law. Let me show you. In Revelation 12:17, the Bible says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnants of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You see, the conflict is between Christ and Satan, between the children of light and the children of darkness, between those who will, at the end of time, keep God's commandments and those that will not and uphold tradition instead. And so, yes, the law of God is still binding. All you need to do is read the book of Revelation, and you will see very clearly in Revelation chapter 14, in the last chapter of the book of Revelation, you will see through and through that God's people are identified as those that keep His commandments. And so coming back to the children of Israel, even though God poured out His judgment on them so swiftly, they were still slow to learn the lessons. Did you know that? Look at this, Psalm 78, Verses 32 to 35. For all this they still sinned and believed not for his wondrous works. Therefore their days did he consume in vanity and their years in trouble. And they returned and inquired early after God. Pardon me. When he slew them, then they sought him and they returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their Redeemer. You know, they, they continued to sin, so, so God would judge them, and, and then they would turn to Him, but it was not from a sincere heart. It was because of the judgment that was being poured out upon them. They wanted God to change His mind, but they themselves did not want to change or repent or be converted. And so every time the judgments came upon them, ah, oh, they would be scared for a little while. They had this repentance that was not born of heaven, but of the world. And yes, God would forgive them every single time. Every time they turned to Him, He was ready to forgive. Look at this, in verse 37 to 38 of Psalm 78. For their heart was not right with Him, neither were they steadfast in His covenant. But He, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned He His anger away and did not stir up at all His wrath. Isn't that amazing, friends? Isn't that amazing? This is the merciful God that we still serve today. He's tender and full of compassion, full of mercy, ready to forgive those that have erred against Him and transgressed against Him. He's still ready to bind up and heal the afflictions and the wounds that we've caused upon ourselves. He's always ready to lead us. And so the invitation still stands for you and for me today. This is what he says. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If we want rest, if we want help, all we need to do is go to Christ. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to make yourself ready and righteous. No. God wants to give us rest from all our works of unrighteousness. He wants to give us his righteousness. He wants to give us rest that can only be found in Christ, and then he can help us to keep his law. He wants to give us rest that can be found even in the Sabbath, friends. And so let us not be slow to learn the lessons that God has given to us through the story of the Israelites. He still wants to guide us today. He's still putting us through the, the school of affliction. He's still chipping away on all those hard, sharp cracks and surfaces and, and, and things that in our character, he, he wants to get rid of all of that so that he can prepare us for heaven. And he bears long with us. He withholds his judgment, but we got to make sure that we don't take his mercy for granted today. Friends, whatever troubles you might seem to be going through today, turn to God and trust in him. He will bring his blessings to pass at the point of time. He will uplift, he will give us the land of Canaan, the heavenly Canaan that's waiting for us. He desires so much, but he's preparing us. And so whatever school of affliction that you're going through today, be patient, trust in God, be willing to surrender to him, be willing to live by every word of God. May God strengthen our faith today, Truly, we need the faith of Jesus more than anything else in our lives today to navigate these dark times, to give us strength to live for Him and to live a righteous life. May God help each and every one of us. May He baptize each of us with His Spirit today. Let's pray, shall we? Father in heaven, Lord, in the story of the Israelites going through that wilderness, all we see is a father who's just so patient, so compassionate. Lord, I pray that you would please help us. Help us not to wear out your patience. Help us not to wear out your mercy. Oh Father, you, you you desire to do so much for us today, and you desire to work in and through us, and you desire to bless us so much so that we can be a blessing to others. But many of us, we're not ready yet. We're, we're still focused on ourselves. We, our hearts are just full of sin. We don't even desire it to be a blessing. Lord, please, fill us with your Spirit. Help us to be willing. Help us to be willing to be made willing. Lord, help us to believe. Help our unbelief. I pray that you would please strengthen our faith today. Teach us and help us to learn to live by every word that is written down in your Scriptures. Guide us to that end, Lord. Give us a willing heart always to obey and lead us continually is our earnest plea and prayer. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, thanks for joining us this evening. May God bless each and every one of you. May God grant you a beautiful Sabbath rest. And until we meet again, may He keep you in the palm of His hand. May we be found faithful, living by every word of God that proceeds out of His mouth. God bless you, and goodbye for now.